Lovely to be here today. Oh, you're awake as well. Fantastic. Um, I'm going to start with a story from my life. Um, about 32 years ago, I was uh, struggling with an issue in my life. I'd only been a Christian a few years, and so I prayed, and I felt the Lord really speak to me quite clearly on this matter. And he told me two things. He said, you need to wait, and you need to wait nine months. I wasn't pregnant, in case you're wondering. Um, I was pretty new to hearing God, and quite frankly, I didn't like what he told me. Um, I really didn't want to wait. Anyway, the next day, a really good Christian friend of mine called B came up to me, and she said, um, I've got a word for you. I don't know what it means, but he's telling you you need to wait. I'm like, oh, shucks. <laughs> didn't want to hear that. And the next day, another friend, Steve, came up to me and said, I've got a word for you. I don't know what it means, but he's telling you nine months. Couldn't really ignore it then, could I? <laughs> um, so what happened nine months later is a young man called Andy Chapman asked me on a first date. Oh. <laughs> um, so that moment was life-changing me in so many ways, of course, because I met Andy, my husband. But also it was one of those first times I really felt quite clear that God had spoken to me and it be confirmed by others, and he really got my attention eventually. Um, so today we're thinking about the prophetic prophecy as we continue our series on how to hear God. Um, if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the story of Luke 24 as a really helpful guide. Just as a recap, two disciples on the road to Emmaus. This is the first Easter Sunday. And they're walking home and this man comes up alongside them. It's Jesus, but they didn't recognize him. And over the walk, Jesus opens the scriptures to them, speaks to them, talks to them. And then he goes into a home and breaks bread. And only at that point do they realize that it is Jesus. Their eyes are opened at that point. So at that point, they could see what was previously unseen, a prophetic moment, if you like. So over the last two weeks, we've been looking at how God speaks to us through scripture and through prayer. And so today, as I say, we're shifting our focus to hearing God's voice through the prophetic. And prophecy is simply about seeing something that was previously unseen. It may be about something that is to come, or it might be an instruction like I was given, or an invitation into a new reality. So we're going to be looking at um, the Bible, of course. We're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3 um, in the Old Testament. If you're not sure where it is, there's an index, which is marvelous. Um, let, before I read this, let's just pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word in the Bible, this living world, word. Lord, thank you that it still speaks to us today. So Lord, I ask that you would open this scripture to us today and you would speak to each one of us. and Show us what each of us need to know today from you. Amen. So it's quite a long passage. I'm going to break it into a couple of chunks. So we'll start reading um, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. The Lord calls Samuel. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. 
Again, the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. So this young man, Samuel, he is probably about 11 years old. He had been born to a previously childless couple. And so the mother, in gratitude to Samuel's life, had dedicated his life in service to the temple under this elderly priest, Eli. So here is an 11-year-old boy serving God, and the Lord comes, and in verse 10, the next verse, it says he stands before him and gives him a message. That's going to get your attention, isn't it? And what follows in the next few verses is God speaks a really challenging word to Samuel about Eli and his sons. He basically says that he is, God is going to judge the whole of Eli's family because of the sins that the sons have committed, which is not great news, is it? It says then that Samuel lay down until dawn. Notice he doesn't say Samuel slept until dawn. I'm not sure I would be sleeping after a message like that either. So the next morning, Eli forces Samuel to spill the beans about what the Lord says. So picking up again um, in verse 19. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. So Samuel basically grows up from this first experience. He becomes a prophet, speaking to the nations. And I love the um, last verse there, verse 21. It says, the Lord revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And that's exactly what we were talking about last week, isn't it? Actually speaking through the Bible as well, last week's teaching. But what we're going to talk about today is the prophetic And this is a really practical talk here, um, and I want us really just to all be a little bit more equipped in this and bolder to step out in what the Lord has for us. So here is the premise for today. This might be a bit of a challenge. I believe that all of us can hear God's voice for ourselves and for others, whether or not we've shared a prophetic word in the past. I believe that God speaks to all of us. So, first, a few questions to ask. First of all, what is prophecy? Well, there are two words in the Bible that are used to describe the word of God. The first one is logos, which is the written word of God found in the Bible. But it's also a word used to describe Jesus as the living word of God. And then the second word is rhema, which is the spoken word of God expressed in prophecy. The good news is that both start with God. And that's critical, isn't it? That's where prophecy starts. That's where the good things of the Lord starts. Um, you may have, I'm sure you've heard of fortune-telling or spiritual readers or horoscopes, 
other ways of predicting what you think is going to happen that day or in your life. But the question is, where are they coming from? They don't start in the Lord. And if they don't start in the Lord, I suggest we probably don't want to engage in them. So prophecy comes from the Lord. He speaks. We do our best to receive it and to work out what are we going to do with it. So for Samuel, he hears his name being called, but he has no framework for knowing God. It said in verse 1, it tells us that there are not many visions at that time. He was not in a setting or a um, worldview, if you like, where you could hear the voice of God. And for many of us, we may not have been in places where prophecy is regular. So we may not have that mindset, may not be able to recognize it when it comes to us, or we may not like what it says. What it doesn't say in this passage whether Samuel hears an audible voice or whether that's actually more of a voice in his head. As a child, I remember hearing the story and thinking it was an audible voice, and it may be, who knows. But it is unmistakable that he heard a voice in the story. But the reality is God speaks in so many ways. It's not just about an audible voice. If you're expecting that, it may or may not ever happen. So let's have a look at some of the ways that God speaks to us today. So the first one we looked at last week, didn't we? We looked at Scripture. The Lord speaking to us through Scripture. We're struggling with something or praying about something, and he opens the Bible up to us. The second one, um, I get this a fair bit, is, is a picture, a visual picture. Um, if you're a particularly visual person, you may find this. Sometimes um, it's a picture in your head. It just pops into your head maybe when you're praying for someone. And sometimes you can be looking at something, and you see a vision, if you like, another picture superimposed over the top. And sometimes you can get something completely random and you probably think, oh, that's just nonsense, that's just me. And of course it might be you. But here's the thing. Sometimes when you step out in boldness and share that picture, let's say you have a picture of, I don't know, an apple, and you'll think it's just an apple. But sometimes you share it with the other person and it speaks into their life in a way that you wouldn't know. So here's an example. Um, anyone who's known me more than five minutes knows I love gardening and plants and all that business. And so the number of times someone who doesn't know me has prayed for me and had a picture of a plant or a seed or a tree, and they're probably thinking, well, it's a bit of a random oak tree. What's the point of that? But it speaks to me. It speaks into my life. So my encouragement, if you get a picture like that, a visual thing that comes into your head, share it gently. Who knows what it might mean to the person you're praying for? Um, Some people see words when the Lord is speaking to them. This has only happened to me once. Um, went on a ministry trip many years ago to Brussels. And so you've got a language barrier, so it's quite hard to pray for people, to say the least. And as I was praying for this first person, there was a word written across their forehead. I don't remember what the word was. Maybe it was fear or pain or something. And it was fantastic. And the next person I prayed for, the same thing. Brilliant. It's never happened to me since. But I think it was the goodness of the Lord in a place where I felt out of my depth. And it really just helps you to see what's going on in that person's life and to pray specifically. Sometimes a phrase will pop into your head. And again, you'll think, where did that come from? And yes, sometimes it's our imagination or your shopping list or whatever it might be that you're thinking about at the time. But sometimes it's the Lord speaking. Another one is um, sympathetic sensations in your body. You're maybe praying for somebody and you get a tingling somewhere or heat or maybe even pain. that You're thinking, hang on, my, my shoulder's never hurt before. What's that about? And then you ask the person you're praying for if you've got a problem with your shoulder and bingo, you find that that's, that's working. 
So sometimes you can get a comparable pain in some way or feeling in your body that relates to the person you're praying for. Um, sometimes there's dreams. It talks a lot about this in the Old Testament, doesn't it? I think all of us dream. Often it's random, isn't it? <laughs> or you don't remember it, and that's absolutely fine. But just sometimes you have a dream and you think, gosh, that kind of made sense, and I remember it. Why is that? And that's the time to ask yourself, Lord, are you speaking to me in this? Um, the first time this happened to me, it was the night before that ministry trip to Brussels, and I woke up in the middle of the night with just filled with fear. And there was a sense that there was something, a being sitting on my bedside table with a very long finger stirring my brain. This was really, really unpleasant. So I woke Andy up, much to his delight, and we prayed. We just prayed peace. And certainly the, the atmosphere just changed and my heart rate went down, just a sense of peace. And it felt to me like the, um, the enemy had been attacking the team ahead of our trip. Um, so sometimes, who knows, sometimes the Lord will speak to us through our dreams. Sometimes he speaks to us through our emotions too. Maybe when you're praying for someone or for a situation, you get an emotional response to something that you think, hang on a minute, is that me? And that's just a way of helping us to connect our prayers to what is happening. And then the last one, slightly more unusual, sometimes you can get a smell or a taste and you're thinking, that's not what I was expecting right now, something out of, out of the unusual. And sometimes that can speak into a situation because smells and tastes are very powerful memory triggers. And so sometimes it's just worth saying, I've got this, does it mean anything to you? So what I suggest is if you're praying for someone, your, your prayer ministry maybe in a small group on a Sunday, and you feel a sensation or a feeling, you're thinking, I'm not sure that's mine. Just share it and just see what happens. It may be a way of the Lord getting your attention about something. Uh, prophecy is not always about the future. It's not the same as fortune telling, as I explained. Sometimes it speaks about the past or about the present too, or what is to come. So in our story from Samuel today, um, verse 13 says, I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons uttered blasphemies against God, and he failed to restrain them. So can you see that Samuel's prophetic word for Eli spoke about something that had happened. Eli already knew it. The sons were continuing to do it, so in the present, and then he was foretelling what was going to happen, the consequences of not tackling this issue. So it could be about the past, the present, or the future. But often it is about the future. And very often, prophetic words actually confirm something the person already knows. Probably about 95% of the time. So in that example at the beginning, I knew already. I just needed a reminding and confirmation of it. And the other thing to remember is that prophetic words are more of an invitation than a promise. So if the Lord says to you through somebody, you're going to go and plant a church, it's not going to happen just like that, sadly. It's an invitation to a journey, to a walk with the Lord, to tackling one challenge after another. And so you need to accept that invitation and journey with him in that. So, okay, we think we have a prophetic word of some sort, a sense of something. What are we going to do with it? And that's what Samuel faced, isn't it, through the night? Samuel lay down until morning then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. 
he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Not surprised. So he had this word from the Lord, and he was thinking, now what? What am I going to do with it? So here are some really helpful things to think about if you've got a word and you're thinking, what next? The first one is, is it consistent with Scripture? Prophetic words will never contradict Scripture. So it's really worth checking it out. Get your Bible out. Also, is it consistent with the character of God? Does it sound like God? From what we know of him, does it sound like him? If it's against what we know about him, the chances are it's our own imagination. We should ask God for an interpretation too. What does it mean? Who is it for? We may or may not get that interpretation, but do ask. And also just check our hearts too. What is our motivation for this? What's our motivation for sharing this? Am I motivated by love? If you um, want to dig a bit more into the subject of, of gifts and prophecy, 1 Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14 are really great places to just dig a little bit deeper. Chapter 12 talks about the gifts and prophecy. Chapter 13 talks about love. And chapter 14 again talks about prophecy. Can you see the gifts there are in the middle of that sandwich is love. What is our motivation as we're sharing this? Next, ask ourselves, does this word strengthen, encourage, or comfort the person I'm sharing it with? Really important test. But as I looked at that, and I looked at this text, I'm thinking, was the word for Eli strengthening, encouraging, or comforting? I'm going to judge your family. Hmm, probably not. If you feel you've got something really difficult to share with someone, these next steps are really important as we filter this. So the next thing to do is ask God, what do I do with this? First thing, it may not be to be shared immediately. It may be actually he's telling you something so you can pray for it. Can you intercede for a difficult situation? Can you ask the Lord to show light on something that's difficult? So it may not be immediate. Let's maybe think, is this something that I need to pray about? Also, is now the right time? Is he actually asking you to put a pause on this? He's telling you this, but actually you need to hold on to this for a bit later. Or is it actually right to pass it on, to share it now? So if we sense it's right to pass it on, how are we actually going to share it? As I say, this is a really practical thing here, but I just want us all to be a bit more equipped in this. So we think we've got a word. How can we best share that word with somebody? So here's a few things I hope will help. Again, we're back to that word, love. The goal is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. So the way that we share it is really important. We're not going to say this, that, and the other. We're going to say, I have this sense, or maybe, or perhaps this means something to you. We're going to share it with love, so that if it's not right, they've got an opt-out, and actually, if we're wrong, we've got an opt-out too. And also, another thing with this, we're going to share it normally. We're not going to say, thus said the Lord. We're not infallible. We make mistakes, aren't we? So that's why that language, I feel like maybe the Lord is saying this, is a much kinder, gentler way of doing it. Um, we're only going to say what we've seen. If you simply see an apple and you don't know what it is, you simply say, I've just got an apple. I have no idea what that means. We're not going to try and add to it. The Lord will speak if he wants to. We're going to protect the individual's dignity as we do this. This is really important. If you've got a word for somebody and it's a really difficult one, we're not going to stand up on the front of the Sunday and say, 
it's you, you've done this. Yeah, dignity. We're going to take someone aside and share quietly one-to-one with them. You know, we're not going to share the whole Sunday service or the whole small group. So let's think about the dignity as we share. And another one we always say is, please don't share prophecies about weddings, romances, or babies. It can be really, really painful if you share that and you're not right. Yeah. There are other ways of saying that, like, I feel the Lord is taking you into a new season, or I feel like the Lord has something new for you, but please don't prophesy about weddings, romances, and babies. Um, If you have a word on a Sunday morning that you think is for everyone, come and talk to one of the service leaders or one of the pastors here. We'd love to help you battle with that and work out where and how to share that. If you feel you have a word for the wider church, please do come and share it with the pastoral staff. Um, What we'll often ask you to do if that's the case is actually write it down, email it to us. And the reason we do that is, personally, my memory is shocking, um, but also we all have our filters, don't we? You might share something and I'll hear part of it and interpret it. So the best thing is write it down so that we've got it word for word and we don't put our own filters on that. And that way we can share it with others in an unfiltered way. And what are we going to do if someone gives a word to us? How do we respond? First thing I would suggest is write it down or record it. If it's a you know, you've got a little voice thing on your phone, voice recorder, record it, because we only hear in part, don't we? So do what you can to write it down as soon as you can. Um, we test it as well. The verses in Corinthians talk about it. Um, the language we use, weigh and pray. Weigh it up. Does this feel right? Is this something the Lord has been saying to you, or is it completely left field? Weigh it up and pray it. Press into it. Lord, is this, is this right? What are you saying to me in this? Is this in line with scripture? Is this in line with your character? And ask the Lord for an interpretation as well. What does it mean? And I don't mean our interpretation. I mean his interpretation. Let's press into that. Because sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's really not. And we don't want to jump to the wrong conclusions. And then I'd encourage you, if someone has given you a word, you've weighed it and prayed it, thought, yep, this is right. Don't ignore it. Don't do a bad thing. (laughs) Don't wait for it to come around two more times. The other thing I would say is um, don't make major life decisions based on a single prophetic word. If it is a big decision, ask for confirmation. So, for example, if someone says to you, you're going to plant a church, I suggest one word is not enough to make a life change like that. Ask for more. Seek the Lord for that one. As we go back then to Samuel's story, you see that he grows prophetically in hearing God's voice. From a young boy with absolutely no framework of reference, he grows into someone who spoke prophetically to a whole nation. And I think that should be encouraging to all of us. From a young boy of 11, look what the Lord did because he was willing to listen. I think if we can be willing to listen, you might be amazed at all that the Lord can do. So how can we grow in the prophetic? If we think, okay, yeah, I've heard this, I've heard that, but I want more. How can we each of us grow in that? A few ways that we can do that. The first one I say is let's saturate ourselves with the Bible, with Scripture. Because that's so common a way that the Lord speaks to us. Let's get into the Bible regularly and get to know it. Secondly, find your Eli. Who do you know that you think, oh, they're good at that. They're a step further ahead. And come alongside them. Ask them to show you. Get them to pray for you. Pray with them on a front on a Sunday and watch what they do and learn from that. Ask 
ask for the gift of prophecy. That's what the Bible says in, in the Corinthians passage. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So let's ask the Lord for that. And here's the big one, I think. Give it a try. If you're not prepared to give it a try, you're not going to grow and learn and stretch in that. So within the guidelines I've talked about, I'd really encourage each, one, each and every one of us to give it a try. So you never know how the Lord is going to use you. Um, we've practiced prophecy in our small groups for a number of years. And one of the things that we did many years ago, I haven't done it for a while, you get a piece of paper, and everyone in the small group writes their name at the top of the piece of paper. You then pass that piece of paper around the small group, and everybody tries to write an encouragement or a prophetic word for that person um, on that piece of paper. So at the end, you have a sheet of paper with encouragements and prophecies on. It's fantastic. Two weeks ago, at the, uh, the other site, um, a lady came up to us, and I recognized her. And she was in the church about 20 years ago, um, and she'd moved away, and she came back to visit. Um, and she remembers being in one of our small groups, and she pulled out her phone, and on it she had a photograph of the piece of paper that was shared in our small group 20 years ago. I'm impressed she could find that on her phone. I couldn't. <laughs> but sure enough, she had a list of prophetic words spoken to her 20 years ago. Isn't that amazing? So even 20 years later, the Lord is using that to speak to her. A great place to practice is our small groups, and I believe there's some, some activation exercises in the small group materials this week. Um, but my encouragement to each and every one of us is to be bold and to give it a try. <laughs> <laughs>